It's the Matt Collins Show. It's the Matt Collins Show. Greetings, friends. Greetings, greetings, and welcome to episode 15 of the Matt Collins Show. We made it to episode 15. 15 is a strong, strong number. I love it. I love that we're here. And I love that uh, you've been along for the ride, whether uh, whether today might be your first episode or you might have listened to all 15 in addition to the three bonus episodes available on Patreon. Um, today's episode is all about anxiety. It is the anxiety episode. Um, I'm going to revisit a blog post I wrote in November of 2019. Uh, that blog post was entitled, I am trying to reduce my baseline anxiety level. I feel like I've made some progress, but kind of revisiting it lately and and kind of uh, analyzing the issues I've been having lately and the, the troubles I've been going through uh, in, on, from the mental health perspective, from the feeling good and feeling solid and groovy perspective, uh, the anxiety is still there. It's um, It's insidious. Uh, it's it's a trickster and uh, it's difficult to reckon with. I'm going to revisit that that blog post I wrote last year, November of last year. So it's been, what, nine months now. Uh, it's had some time to gestate. And I'm going to see if it's still relevant. Uh, I'm going to see, uh, maybe I can I can pull out some nuggets that I've forgotten about uh, and try to implement those. And uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'm sure to have some commentary on the, the stuff I wrote about back in November. So that's going to be the main part of the episode, talking about anxiety. Uh, what's been going on around here since the last episode? Actually, last week was a big week for the Matt Collick Show. Uh, I released three episodes, so... It's possible that you only heard episode 14, I'm realizing, because I know personally when I look at my podcast feed on, on Apple Podcasts or wherever, it will list the most recent podcast, and so I'll just listen to that one. But if there have been more episodes, more than one episode released uh, since the last one I've listened to, I sometimes skip that one in between. So uh, go back to your feed. Maybe you listen to episode 14 uh, and not listen to episode 13. Check it out. Um, and if you uh, haven't, um, if, if you aren't already signed up for Patreon at the $5 level, uh, and that's at Matt, or rather patreon.com forward slash Matt Colick. Uh, if you sign up at the $5 level, you get to hear bonus episodes of the podcast. And last week, I released episode 13.5, just sandwiched right in the middle of the main feed episodes. Uh, episode 13.5 is all about gear, all about music gear, guitar gear specifically, just kind of catching you up on, on the goings on in that area of my life and career. Uh, lots of fun stuff there, and, and stuff continues. I've... Uh, Let's see, I'm, I'm getting more pedals. Uh, uh, the, as far as the guitar goes, I haven't been able to try out any any pedals because uh, the guitar is still in the shop. Ron, Annie's dad, uh, my partner is Annie Sanchez of MariposaStrategies.com. Uh, her dad is a, a master luthier, and it's so cool to have him in my life, to have him work on my guitars and shit. Um it's been a little over two weeks since he's had my electric and like there's a lot to do on it. So I, I know it's just going to take time and I have to be patient, but I'm getting anxious about it. It's saying that anxiety um, and 
Yeah. So, and so with the anxiety comes all these scenarios like, oh, has he forgotten about the guitar? Uh, did he leave it somewhere and forgot forgot about it? Uh, is, are there problems with it where he's got to order parts and it's going to end up being a big thing? Um, you know, I could just ask him like, hey, Ron, how's it going with the guitar? Like how, how long do you, you figure? But then I get anxious about that because I don't want him to think that I'm rushing him or like anything like that. So it's this whole thing. I, I know he's going to be done with it soon and it's going to be really, really great. It's going to be like better than new. Um, and I'm really excited to try the new pickups and I know he's going to wire them uh, extremely well. Um, all the stuff is going to be great. I just have to keep being patient. Ah, let's see here. In um, the last episode, I talked about, I, I think, be, well, I, I know I talked about becoming a new style of guitar hero. Um, I've been questioning a lot of the stuff I've, I've been thinking and assuming about that. I remember one time, um, it was a couple years ago on Facebook, my old guitar teacher from when I was a boy, uh, he lives in Wisconsin and he's like a, like a baby boomer generation classic rock type of person he was posting like covers of all his favorite albums like album covers the the artwork for the albums um and they're all and you know being a guitar centric individual they're all guitar centric albums all by white males all every single one with the exception of the Jimi hendrix albums all white males no women um only one person of color represented and i remember him like writing about, you know, posting the, these album covers. And he was proud of the diversity of music that that he was presenting to his followers. And I'm here thinking that's, that is so like an example of such a lack of diversity. Um, so it really is uh, like in the eye of the beholder, like a person can think they're being, being they're, they're practicing good representation. Um, they're being open-minded uh, and all that when that is actually not the case. And so I, I kind of applied that to myself. You know, I just making assumptions about like, well, I can't get into that gear. Right? That music is not for me. I know those guitar players out there are doing really amazing things and are innovating, but but that's not me. That's not my style. That's not my area. Like players like Tosin Abasi, who I mentioned in the previous episode, I believe, uh, like playing seven and eight and nine string guitars that are like weird looking, that have these fanned fretboards and using like super high gain amps and like new techniques and all the tapping and like it's intimidating. And so it's like easier for me to say, oh, that's not for me, even though I'm all about like what's new with the guitar. How can we advance the instrument and the way the instrument is approached and played and thought of? Um, and there are people actually doing that. And here I am saying, oh, no, that's for me. That's too out there. Like, come on, man. So I've been questioning that, questioning the sort of like, like, do I really want to be playing a Stratocaster, this design from the 1950s? Um, like, yeah, I do, because like I've invested in it. Like, that's that's what I want. I, like, I'm a Stratocaster player, like at, at my core in many ways. Um, but now it's like I want to try some different guitars. I want to try some different pickups. I want to try like the modern things. Um, I don't want to be pigeonholed in the sort of classic rock category where like the stuff I listen to and consider to be good is all stuff from the 60s and 70s by white males. Um, I know that's not the case. So it really is going to take some effort on my part to like be more open to different types of music. Like 
And part of it is like, I'm intimidated by the style and the, the technical ability and the ability to like play that stuff soulfully that, that these people like Javier Reyes and Tosin Abasi from Animals as Leaders, that band, and um, Misha Mansour, uh, who has worked with Tosin Abasi, uh, he's from the band Periphery, um, another innovator on the guitar um, that I need to be paying more attention to. In addition to all the women players and and all of the people who are innovating under the radar that I'm just not aware of. I can't just sit here and say, oh, there's nobody. You know, I've looked and there really isn't anybody. I, I feel like I can always be looking harder. That being said, uh, there really are many makers, uh, people making gear, uh, making guitars, making amplifiers, making guitar pedals, that, that sort of stuff in the space. Like, I, I feel like, man, there really aren't that many people. Like, I I looked and I did a, a search and it's like Lance from Dogman Devices. Um, and then there's Native Audio who makes great, they make great pedals. I'm going to be buying stuff from those two makers. And gosh, I, I, I've been looking and looking more and like questioning, did I really search? Did I really check out all the areas where I could see if there are like people of color making pedals or gear or anything. And there really isn't much. I'm going to keep looking though. Um, I really do want to get a Tosin Abasi guitar now. I like last week when I was talking about this stuff, nope, didn't want one of those weird fan necked, uh, fan fretboard nine string guitars or whatever. And now I kind of want to try one out. Um, and I want to try out different types of amplification and different types of high gain sounds. And, you know, listening to animals as leaders, one thing I noticed is like, it's not all those sounds all the time. Like, like Tosin Abasi is getting amazing clean tones, like better than Strat tones. Like there is the Strat tone that we're all like lusting after, but like by going for a different design and going after a, a more modern guitar and like questioning, like, do we really need these 50s, 1950s designs? He's able to achieve tones that are superior than like what I'm actually going after. So uh, a lot going on there, a lot going on there, just all the guitar stuff. Um, and I'm just really trying to advance myself uh, as an instrumentalist on the guitar in, in as many ways as I can. Um, what else is going on? Uh, Monsoon season is happening. We're getting some rain, some clouds. It's it's interesting. It, it feels good. It's it's always uh, it's such a different time of year. The it's not just completely dry all the time. Like it's we have these mornings that are bright and hot and a little bit humid because in the evenings the clouds roll in and occasionally dump some rain on us. Um, and we call it monsoon season out here in the southwest. Uh, so that's been that's been happening. It's fun. It's a different feel. It's nice to get some. Excuse me, nice to get some storms at night, some thunder, excuse me, some thunder and lightning. Yes, I've eaten breakfast, I've eaten a Lara bar, and I'm drinking some water. So ooh, all sorts of crazy stuff happening. Um, what else is going on? The day job stuff. Oh, my God. Like you listeners, you know, you know just how much anxiety that that has been giving me this year. Um, and throughout the time I've been recording this podcast, I I, I hit a, a milestone a couple weeks ago when I finished the big part of a project, a, a ghostwriting project. I wrote an entire book for a client, but now the client is reading through, making notes and offering suggestions, and I gotta go back in there. I haven't yet. But I have to go back in there soon, and I'm starting to feel a little anxious about it, a little anxious about that. Um, and it's, I know it's not going to be a big deal. I know the hard part is over. The actual creation of the book, the writing of the book is done. That is completely done. I just have to make the changes and just take a day and do it. Um, 
once they're done going through the review. Um, and honestly, uh, as Annie has suggested, I need to take more than a day to do it. Like take five days and just do an hour a day. And that way I can avoid uh, the, 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 um, the unpleasantness that I experienced while uh, doing the actual writing of the project. So yeah, guys, I think that's pretty much all that's happening right now. I'm going to take a little break and then get back into the main meat of the episode. Uh, it is the anxiety episode. I'm going to visit uh, revisit a blog post I wrote in November of 2019 entitled, I am trying to reduce my baseline anxiety level. So I'm going to get into that, offer some commentary, and uh, just share my thoughts about anxiety. And uh, that'll be the episode. That'll be the episode. So uh, stick around. I'll be right back. We are back. We are back. I am shifting around in my chair, attempting to make myself more comfortable. Ah, uh, anxiety, anxiety. You know, normally I, um, I take a few puffs of the cannabis before getting on the mic, um, and that helps with the anxiety a, a little bit. Um, lately, though, it's been contributing to way too much dry mouth as I'm <laughs> attempting to get through these episodes. So get through these. No, I'm a master broadcaster. I'm not just getting through these episodes. Uh, the dry mouth doesn't help, though. So I did not puff at all today. Uh, anxiety, anxiety. Yes, I have. Uh, I, I suffer from anxiety. I have bipolar dose, bipolar two. Uh, generalized depression, uh, uh, like it's been like different people have given me different diagnoses. I don't even know if I've actually gotten an official bipolar two diagnosis, to be honest. Um, but that is clearly like what I have. I have the, the highs and the lows and it's, it's not like the bipolar one where it's like all of a sudden I find myself doing things that are like not normal for anybody. It's bipolar two is more, I'll find myself in a state where I'm doing things that are not normal for me personally. Like I have my kind of normal way of being, but really I like to think of the bipolar stuff is that that is normal. Like occasionally I'll do stuff that's different and that's part of the normalcy for me. And I feel like I handle it, handle the bipolar pretty well. I don't get too, too low. Um, and when I get to the manic state, it's actually like useful. Um, I, I get shit done. Um, I discover things. I, I make use of it. And um, I'm, I'm pretty grateful for it, although it hasn't always been easy to deal with. Um, I feel like I have the bipolar thing more or less under control, but the anxiety, the anxiety is, is a trickier, more, more fluid, more difficult thing to pin down than, than the other stuff. I wrote a blog post, uh, back in 2019, November of 2019. Um, I believe it uh, was released uh, on November 5th or it doesn't matter. This was just last year, and um, in the middle of some some health stuff I was experiencing, I came to the conclusion that I was really just experiencing anxiety, and that's usually how it happens for me, is like something's going on, and oh, I realize, yes, this is the anxiety again. That's what's happening. And that happened last year, and this is uh, that's why I wrote this blog post. I am trying to reduce my baseline anxiety level. And this blog post, uh, every time I check my stats on my website to see like who has been reading it, what posts are being read, and where are people coming from to read the the, the blog or, or whatever to just visit the website, 
And this is one that's always like every week somebody is is finding and reading this blog post. So it's it's I don't know if it's it's exactly one of my most popular ones, but it's one that is a, a pretty regularly visited or revisited on the website. Maybe it's just one person who keeps going back and reading it. I I don't know. Anyway, here's the blog post. I'm going to read it and, and kind of comment on it. I, I might paraphrase. We'll see. Here we go. I'm glad. Um, no, that's not how it starts. A close friend of mine, my friend Darcy, endured a health scare a few years ago. It was scary and difficult to pin down. She was convinced it was a heart thing. That's how anxiety works. Turns out it was anxiety. My friend started meditating and engaging in mindfulness practices, exercising more regularly, trying to eat better. The, sim- the symptoms receded and she's doing much better now. I'm glad I had her story in my head during my own recent health scare. Man, just reading this, going back to it, it's, it, I'm reminded, like, this was a pretty serious fucking thing um, last year. And, like, I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to make music. Uh, continuing on with the blog post, I've been experiencing twitches and glitches, shakes and shimmies, brain zaps and zips, too. Often it feels like my brain is cramped, like it has a charley horse. It's been going on for a few months now, but it has shown itself at various points in the past, too. This time around, it seems like the issue has had more staying power, seemingly more committed to fucking my shit up. I was losing my grip, literally. I began to lose strength and dexterity in my left hand and wrist. I avoided playing certain songs and had to adjust set lists just to make sure I could get through my gigs without fucking up or embarrassing myself. It was getting really, really scary. There were a couple of emergency room visits. That's right. A couple of visits to see my primary doctor, a visit to a neurologist, a CT scan, an MRI, another visit to the neurologist. People started describing my symptoms using terms like Parkinsonian. There was talk of MS, multiple sclerosis. Then I read about Kim Shattuck's death after a two-year battle with ALS, perhaps better known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, Kim Shattuck, who was a punk rock lifer, uh, she was best known as the leader of the band The Muffs. She was only 56 when she left her body. Reportedly, one of the first symptoms she noticed was the loss of her ability to grip the neck of her bass with her left hand. So, of course, I began to entertain the idea that I had ALS and that I might only have two years left in my body. Whew. Would I lose my ability to play the guitar and perform? Would I have to rush to get all my songs recorded before I became unable to play them anymore? What about engaging in exercise and just regular life stuff? Well, the neurologist says there is nothing wrong with me, neurologically speaking. My brain scan is clean. I don't have Parkinson's. I don't have MS. I don't have some strange, previously undiscovered mystery condition, but I do have anxiety. And as it did for my friend, the anxiety has manifested in some interesting, confusing, and deceptive ways. That goddamned klaxon. For most of my existence, I tried to convince myself and others that I was a normal, regular person with normal, regular sensitivity levels and a normal, regular ability to handle everyday life. The problem is that I am not, in fact, A regular, or excuse me, I am not in fact normal or regular, despite what outward appearances and my own mighty efforts at deception would suggest. I am a very anxious and sensitive person. That's not a problem. The problems happen when I try to live life like I'm not a very anxious, sensitive person. When I don't account for my sensitivity and anxiety, shit gets fucked up. 
I remember when I had a job working for an answering service. I would answer phones for various businesses in South Central Wisconsin. Back when I lived there. Oh man, what a time. It was a crappy job with crappy pay and crappy management, but the thing I remember most is the fucking klaxon. When calls were coming in too quickly for staff members to answer them, or when callers were placed on hold for more than one minute, I think it was one minute, the loudest alarm you have ever heard in your whole life would start shrieking out its awful song right there in the middle of the call center. I guess it was effective? I shouldn't have worked that job. The klaxon was a good motivator for most of the operators there, but for me, it was a nightmare engine. I still think of that goddamn thing quite frequently, especially when I am feeling anxious. Yep. But I was supposed to be a good, hardworking Midwestern boy who did not complain. Where I come from, advocating for oneself is seen as extremely unseemly. I have only recently learned that advocating for oneself is, in fact, essential. But back then, I convinced myself that I was a very bad person for feeling anything other than gratitude for a job that caused panic. Uh, excuse me, for a job that caused panic attacks and freakouts. So I stayed at the job and continued to say yes to all the things that made the anxiety worse, which led to depression, which led to increased anxiety, which led to deeper depression, and so on and so forth. Yes, that is the cycle. Friends, I'm sure many of you know what I'm talking about. Eventually, I retreated into a strategy that seemed logical, but only shoveled more coal into my hungry anxiety furnace. Wow, I was quite a writer back in November. Damn, I should get back into that. Uh, I built a fortress around the goddamn klaxon in my mind. Its shrieks persisted louder than ever. The avoidance strategy. The obvious strategy for dealing with anxiety is to avoid things that cause anxiety, right? Recently, I stumbled, stumbled upon a Reddit thread where people were discussing this topic. It being Reddit, the issue was framed as a question with a countdown clock and a desired objective attached. You have 90 days to reduce your baseline anxiety level by as much as possible. What do you do? Responses started coming in. Some users described, uh, described the ways they would organize life to avoid the things that cause them anxiety. Escape to the mountains, for example. Others have offered ideas related to improving the manner with which anxiety is handled and endured. Uh, build mental and emotion, emotional resilience, for example. I realized that I had traveled from the former camp to the latter in the last decade. Back in the time of the klaxon, I started avoiding life altogether for a while. I was, I was using the avoidance strategy without even really knowing what or whom I was avoiding. I just knew that it felt better to avoid people and situations than it did to deal with them, at least temporarily. Avoidance always induced anxiety, often to levels surpassing what I felt in the first place. So I doubled down and avoided people and situations even more. It led to unemployment, eviction, and repossession of my vehicle, among many other difficulties and shenanigans. Yeah, Annie and I were just talking about all this yesterday. Um, it's really something. That was... Wow, what a horrible time. I was evicted from my apartment or I had my, my automobile repossessed. Uh, just a couple of weeks later, I was evicted from my apartment. I was like trying to like work and make money. I had no relationship really with my family and didn't have good friends at the time. And it's hard to imagine how I survived that. Um, wow, that's, that's really something like 
I, I feel like I only get one of those times and I already got through it. So I better not have any more difficulties like that in my life. But yikes, anxiety, anxiety. Um, all right, back back to the episode of, uh, back to the blog post I'm reading. Um, it led to unemployment, eviction, and repossession of my vehicle, among many other difficulties and shenanigans. In a way, I had gotten everything I wanted Man, this is so key. Like, I had engineered my life to, like, like this is everything I wanted. Uh, this, this is what I, I, I gotten everything I wanted. Here, here's what I wrote about what I wanted. People were leaving me alone. I had dropped the burden of responsibility. No one needed anything from me, really. And I was miserable. I was just trying to get to that place where, God, leave me alone. Just let me be. I just want to murmur, murmur, do whatever. And people are fucking, murmur. um, God, such a baby, um, but also so anxious and like not realizing like, oh, th- this is actually not the way to be. Like avoiding people, avoiding life is 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 not a way to be. Um, as the blog post, post continues, the thing is avoidance is not the ideal strategy for dealing with anxiety. Yes, it is appropriate to defend one's boundaries and all that. So important, but avoiding anxiety does not prevent anxiety. Yeah. Here's what works for me. These days, I make a point to expose myself to situations that I know will cause anxiety within reason. Uh, Why would I do this? Well, it's because my life is best when I'm living it in accordance with my values. I recognize that the best life I can envision is one in which I will have to deal with situations and people who might make me feel some anxiety. Avoiding people in situations that make me feel anxious might seem like an effective strategy, but all that's doing is keeping me from living life according to my values. That, that really is the main thing. That is the key that should be at the core of my life, certainly, and I would imagine, friend, yours as well. Um, and uh, where, where did I leave off here? I feel so anxiety. Avoiding people in situations that make me feel anxious might seem like an effective strategy, but all that's doing is keeping me from living life according to my values, which tends to increase my anxiety. Can you see why this is so tricky? Yeah. I am trying to be a successful musician. I don't see how that's possible without having to wrestle with anxiety regularly. So if I avoid it, I also avoid reaching my goals and living the life I want for myself, which contributes to even greater levels of anxiety. So I try for a nice balance. I honor myself and my boundaries. I take time to not do stuff. I use a calendar to organize the events of my life, and I make sure to have plenty of white space between those events. Crucially, I am also very forgiving when I don't adhere strictly to the calendar. It should be a soft, comfortable slipper, not a rigid steel-toe lace-up boot. Man, this is some good shit, man. This is some really good shit. I'm glad I, like, I didn't reread this or revisit this prior to getting on the mic today. I'm, like, just rereading it now for the first time in a long time. And there's some good shit in here. Just the idea that um, I feel like I've been avoiding anxiety a little bit too much lately and, like, Uh, For good reason, though, because I'm really trying to work on my boundaries and like figure out what those are and like be really like learn how to be more assertive with those. Um, And I think by er like I'm erring too far, maybe on the side of doing that, which kind of has me um, practicing the avoidance strategy with anxiety a little more, Um, you know, saying like, I don't need to put up with this shit. That's a boundary, whereas it might be actually better to deal with and confront the anxiety and to like do the thing. Um, that's just, 
it's a gray area I'm trying to figure out. And I bet you're, you know, you, you might be trying to figure it out too, listener. Um, and it's something I'll always be, be working on. And I, you know, it's, it, the fact that this blog post exists is exists is kind of proof of that. Like when I wrote this back in November, I was feeling like pretty certain, pretty confident. Like I felt like I had figured something out now in July of 2020, um, which reasonable to expect that I might be feeling some anxiety right now, along with the rest of us, given everything that's happened in the interim. Uh, things are different now. I'm not feeling so good about it. Not feeling like such uh, an expert on it. Not feeling like I have any right to be offering any advice or wisdom to anybody else. But uh, yeah, it's interesting how time works like that. So anyway, back to the blog post. I exercise. Sometimes I go out and run six or seven miles. Ooh, haven't done that in a while. I've uh, taken to walking uh, 10 or 12 miles instead. So that that works. I do it because it makes the rest of my life easier. I recognize that dealing with anxiety is a little like exercise, too. That's so true. When I can live with it, accept it, and endure situations where it is present, I feel like I'm building my muscles. I've learned that the anxiety is always worse than the things I am anxious about. God, that's so true. So fucking true. Like, feeling the anxiety about something is always so much worse than the thing you're anxious about. Like, that thing will come to pass, and it's like, oh, that was no big fucking deal at all. Continuing on, when I'm feeling the anxiety, that's as bad as it's going to get. So I try to live with it and feel the feelings. Yeah, feel the feelings. More often than not, I recognize that I am alive, healthy, and in a situation absent of anything that will threaten my life, in spite of what the anxiety is telling me. This is helpful. This is helpful. I think about engineering my life. I am tempted to create an architectural model of my existence that is sealed off from anxiety hermetically. But then I extrapolate and notice that the life I have designed contains very little fulfillment, very little richness or awe. Oh, that's the good shit, man. A lot of missing out. Extrapolating even further, I recognize that anxiety has been baked into all, into my design, has been baked into my design as a result of my deliberately avoiding it. Far out, man, far out. Damn, I recognize that anxiety has been baked into my design as a result of my deliberately avoiding it. Hmm. This is the sort of writing I was doing back in November 2020. I'm a little intimidated by the writer I was back then. Jesus Christ. Huh. That's okay. I'm becoming less of a less of a writer and more of a guitar player and musician and I'll I'll take that. That's what it's all about. Uh, I have a quick sip of water here. Hmm. Continuing on, I need space and time in my life to function effectively. It's not just alone time. It's time to retreat inside myself, knowing that I will not be disturbed. It doesn't work. <laughs> um, oh, there, there's a heading before this. There are all these interruptions. I need space and time in my life to function effectively. It's not just alone time. It's time to retreat inside myself, knowing that I will not be disturbed. It doesn't work if I keep one foot in the mystical mindscape of the other and the other in the regular world. I need to go inside completely and stay there for a while, only emerging after sufficient time has been spent in the wavy world of illogic that exists somewhere a few inches back behind my eyes. That's the place where I go to get refreshed. There, I barter with entities that accept my anxiety as currency to pay for ineffable insights and wisdom that I bring back to regular world. There are no klaxons in this place. I was trying to figure all this out and put it into words when someone on Facebook, 
Rest in peace, my presence on Facebook, by the way. Still not on Facebook, and I'm feeling great about that. But back when I wrote this blog post, uh, I, I noticed someone on Facebook shared a link to this article from The Examined Life entitled The Fear of Being Interrupted. Friends, if you want to read this, uh, I have it linked in the blog post. So just go to the blog post on my website. That is, I am trying to reduce my baseline anxiety level. And you can see all the links contained within. Anyway, there's this article uh, from the blog called The Examined Life. And this article is called The Fear of Being Interrupted. I can't stress just how much of a synchronicity this is. Me finding that article at the time I found it. Have you ever had one of those times when you try to put words to an idea, but you can't, and then someone says something or you read something that brings it all into focus? Yeah, that's what happened here with me in this article. You should read it. I see now that I've been living a a life full of interruptions, and I'm a person who requires significant uninterrupted time. You see, the goddamn klaxon found a way back into my life. It turned itself into a million little seemingly harmless and insignificant interruptions. They accumulated like snowfall. Then, when I wanted to leave the house, I I realized they had blocked my garage door, disappeared my driveway, and made all area roads impassable. Fucking klaxon. It's like if a button had the word reset written on it, like a reset button, if you will. So what am I going to do now? I'm going to take time and space to let the snow melt. I don't have anywhere to be or anything to do. (laughs) I'm going to hit the reset button. I'm going to work on things that give me fulfillment, like continuing to express myself in this blog. I will continue to exercise and work on music. I will pay better attention to the feelings in my body. I will meditate and practice breathing in ways that keep me balanced and energized. I will say no to some things and yes to others, always keeping in mind the healing that needs to happen between my ears so my left arm can chill the fuck out and locate the strength it seems to have misplaced. I will also embark on a cosmic journey soon, which will boost the healing mechanism and reveal subsequent steps. And right now, here in uh, July of 2020, again, that is a thing I really, really, really would like to do that would help out a lot, taking a cosmic journey, a psychedelic cosmic trip. Uh, I am unable to right now. Hopefully soon, though. Hopefully soon. So I'm just going to I'm going to try all the other all the other advice in this article other than taking that cosmic journey. I will also lie on the couch and get into The Mandalorian. I will take it easy. Yeah, back then I was watching The Mandalorian. These days I'm watching the show Dark, uh, the German science fiction phenomenon that uh, I watched the first season when it came out and it was like, oh my God, I love this show. Then a little more than a year later, the second season came out and it was like, oh, it's like it was intimidating to try to get back to it because the show is so dense and there's so many characters and so many timelines which is why it's right up my alley. But like getting back into, like I watched the first episode of, of season two. Like I started watching it several times and just like couldn't get into it. Like I felt like I needed to ready myself to prepare to do some exercises and like maybe watch season one all over again. But recently I started season two and like got some traction and, and got into it and I actually finished season two of Dark uh, the other day. The reason I got back into it was because, holy shit, their season three has been released already. So I felt like I needed to get in, get through season two so I could get caught up with season three. And man, that's a fucking great show. And I feel like 
uh, eventually I, I got caught up to speed. It took a while for me to like remember, wait, who's this character? And why are they talking to this character? Or wait, they're the same person, just in different timelines. So uh, sorry for that tangent, that uh, digression, but uh, maybe that wasn't entertaining for you. Check out the show Dark on Netflix. They have, there are three seasons and uh, 26 total episodes available. It'll be a fun watch. And you got to pay attention, though. You got to be uh, rested and ready and not distracted because you, you need to re- uh, read those subtitles. Okay. So that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to watch. Uh, I'm going to watch Dark and just just disappear into that and rest and take it easy. That is a thing I can do. Yeah. So continuing on, a few years ago, an acupuncture practitioner told me that I am highly attuned to the rhythms of agriculture. If that's the case, then this is the time of the year when I should be resting, enjoying the fruits of my harvest and keeping warm with the wood I spent the last several months chopping. So I'm going to try to do that for a while. I have taken all the chill pills. (laughs) I should mention medication. Anxiety affects a lot of people, especially in this country, the United States. This country is also the setting for a highly profitable pharmaceutical industry. So you put those things together and all of a sudden people think they need benzos just to get through the day, which leads to even more anxiety, which leads to greater dependence on the benzos, which leads to greater profits for the pharmaceutical companies who use their unprecedented corporate corporate wealth for things like, checks notes, research. (laughs) which doesn't seem to involve any research into anxiety relief, not involving physical dependence upon a pill. But anyway, I have taken those benzos. They don't work for me. Honestly, I don't think they actually work for anyone. They attack the symptoms of anxiety without regard to the underlying causes. So how could they work? I mean, they feel pretty fucking good. It's pretty fun to take a benzo, especially if you haven't taken one in a while. Uh, You take them for a couple days, though, and it's like, God, this is lame. Um, And all I'm doing is taking them just to, like, feel normal again. So, yeah, it's that dragon. Both my primary doctor and my neurologist suggested that I could take an antihistamine anxiety remedy. So I got a prescription for hydroxazine. It is non-habit-forming and non-addictive. It's basically like souped-up Benadryl, and boy, does it knock me out. So not really much different from the benzos in terms of their ability to provide genuine anxiety relief. Sometimes it's good to be knocked out, though. Sometimes it's good to intervene pharmaceutically in order to get some sleep. But I really don't like this stuff. If I take one 50 milligram pill at night, I will feel groggy and somewhat useless until the next night. That's not conducive to living my life according to my values. Not right now, anyway. And just a note on that, I think I only took one of those pills. Like that was the the experience I reported in that last paragraph was the sole experience I had with hydroxazine. Like, fuck that. It just knocks me out and I don't like the way it feels. It's like not a pleasant sort of being knocked out. It's not a soft, fuzzy, warm knocked out. It's just a, ugh, I'm just tired. I don't feel like doing anything and I can't pay attention to anything. Um... So yeah, I've got a full bottle, minus one, in the medicine cabinet of those. Do you know what does work? Continuing on here with the blog post. Cannabis and psilocybin. Unfortunately, those substances exist in a realm of legality that makes me reluctant to write about them further here. I'll be getting my New Mexico medical cannabis program card in the mail any day now, though, so I'll write more then. And yes... I've been a member of the medical cannabis program since November, since shortly after this blog post was published, actually. And 
that sure has been great. Uh, getting to like learn what the different strains do and to not worry about the like supply and where I'm going to go to get this stuff and like getting into trouble for having it, even though like I'm a white guy and I don't honestly need to worry about that at all. Um, so yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Ah, uh, yeah. So, so that's, that's that. Um, continuing on here, a note on my tremendous privilege. My major issue in life right now is anxiety. For some people, the major issues in their lives are things like malnutrition, poverty, the presence of physical and or psychological abuse, terminal illness, severe social injustice, war trauma, or any number of serious existential concerns. So I recognize that I'm actually quite privileged to be able to look at my life and identify anxiety as the biggest problem. I am grateful to be living a life that is not defined by being oppressed by others. Yeah, damn. It doesn't make my anxiety go away, but it provides an important perspective. And as I move forward, I think it's important to keep that perspective. I can't be doing what I'm doing just for myself. I keep coming back to that, man. I keep coming back to that. It has to somehow benefit everybody, especially those who are not as privileged as me. I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring it out. And gosh, I sure am continuing to figure it out. What's your klaxon? What's your klaxon? My klaxon started as a literal klaxon. Then it turned into something resembling a serious neurological disorder. It'll probably morph into a dozen or more other things in the coming years. That's the way it is, and that's okay. I can deal if I have the time and space. I'm curious about you. Are you a person who struggles with anxiety? If your life led you here to my website and here to my podcast, friends, I'd be surprised if you aren't. What does it look like for you? How do you deal with it? Leave me a comment and let me know. See you next time, friends. And so that was the blog post. That was the blog post back in, uh, in November of, uh, of 2019. How about that? And uh, let me just check. What, what is the, uh, the actual date on this post? Uh, let's see. We're, we're just uh, watching the web, watching the web do, do its work, just working on getting back to that, that menu, that table of contents. Uh, who cares? doesn't matter. Uh, it was November of 2019, and gosh, how much how much has changed since then? How much has stayed the same? Holy shit! Um, yeah, so anxiety and and reading through that, I guess, yeah, there are some things I can do. Um, being more present through it and just recognizing I am experiencing anxiety right now, and uh, finding that balance between like chilling out, resting, giving myself a break, and then like just being present for the anxiety when it's there. That, that's kind of the thing. I think after I'm done recording this episode and posting it, I think I'm going to read that blog post again just for myself. Um, I, I feel like I put some good stuff in there. And as I as I mentioned, I'd love to know what you think. So um, yeah, write, write me an email. Send me, send me an email at matt at mattkolick.com. That's M-A-T-T-K-O-L-L-O-C-K.com. And I'd love to know what your experiences are with anxiety and uh what you think, and if you have anything to say about what what I uh, what I have said here and what I wrote in that blog post, um, go check out that blog post. It's on mattcolic.com. If you go to the news section of the website, it's like buried on page like seven or eight. It's about halfway through the blog pages, some somewhere in there. Um, I would love it if you checked it out and and uh, let me know what you think. So um, that's that. I'm going to take another short break, and then I'll come back to wrap this episode up. Um, this has been fun, guys. Uh, uh, stick around. I'll be right back to uh, to land this plane. 
Okay, friends, this has been fantastic. Um, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you checked out episode 15 of the podcast. If you haven't listened to the other episodes, I really encourage you to do so. I, I feel like I've been talking about some good shit. Uh, early episodes contain some interviews with musician friends of mine, and I hope to get back to doing that sometime soon. I've got interviews with uh, Jason and Melissa of Mary Dean. I've got an interview with Melissa Rios. I've got an interview with Kira Holt. All great conversations with wonderful people who are really excellent at their craft. And really, all, all, all three of those interviews show how uh, different people approach music in different ways. And they're great stories. So check those out. Check out the bonus episodes that are available on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Colick, you can sign up at the $5 level. And what I'm trying to do is put out about two bonus episodes a month. Right now, there are three bonus episodes there, including episode 13.5, which I released last week. That one is all about the gear I've been researching and buying and playing through lately as I build my electric guitar rig. So it's pretty interesting stuff if, you, if you're into that. I would venture to say it's probably interesting even if you're not, if you're not into that. It's, I always enjoy listening to people talk about their craft or their industry or their, their specific thing that they're into. Even if I know nothing about it, it's just fun to listen to people talk about that shit. Um, I guess episode 16 will come out next week on Monday, uh, hopefully. I don't know what I'm going to talk about, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. I didn't know what I was going to talk about today, and I figured it out, so I'll figure it out again. Uh, the website is mattcolic.com. Check it out. I'm not back on social media yet other than on YouTube, so uh, visit YouTube and search for Matt Colic. I got a bunch of shit up there. I'm going to be recording stuff. Uh, watch out for new albums. Follow me on Spotify. Search Matt Colic on, on Spotify and follow my artist profile there. Uh, there you can listen to my first single, which is the theme song for this episode, for, for this podcast. Um, I'm going to be re-releasing new music probably within the next couple of months, certainly by the end of this year. Uh, I've got a single I'm going to be working on mixing very soon, and then um, a mini album and a and a bigger album coming out hopefully this year. So stay tuned to that and stay tuned to everything else. Friends, I love that you're listening to this podcast. Uh, leave uh, leave a review and a rating on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts. Do all you know all the stuff podcasters ask their listeners to do. I would love if you did that for me. So uh, I love you guys. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week, possibly, uh, probably. Uh, check out the Patreon. I love you. Shine on. This has been Matt Colic and the Matt Colic Show. Bye bye.